Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. It is July the 15th. Julie and I are in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Lovely Jackson Hole. First time we've been here. Pretty magnificent town, I have to it say. Um, and we are going to pick up where we left off yesterday and the day before. We were talking about this report. Really, um, I think a um, white paper of sorts that came out from a financial analyst guy about EXPI, about EXP Realty. So this is your warning. If some of you, And some of you do take offense when Julie and I... Um, lose our uh, broker, ag- what would, how do I say this? Broker, when we're not being broker agnostic, agnostic yes. right? And so if we, if you're one of the people that are uh, tender skinned, when we talk about EXP, this is your, this is your fair warning that we will be talking about EXP on the second half of uh, today's podcast. But in the meantime, we have lots of fun reports from things that we've been experiencing on the road on our 20 state, at least sojourn across the country. We have been, um, as promised, posting lots of pictures and updates on our Instagram uh, feed, and that's at, at Tim and Julie Harris, um, and at Tim and Julie Harris on Instagram. We're also creating a website, which I'll be sharing with all of you guys tomorrow, that's also going to be updating with all of our where we're going to be and where we've been. And we're, we're doing our best to plot the cities that we're planning on stopping in based on how many miles per day, frankly, I feel like driving. And uh, yeah, and we've been meeting with a lot of people along the way, beginning a lot of texts and a lot of suggested travel tips and restaurants we should go to. And yesterday we had a lot of fun meeting with um, Yancey Perkins, mm-hmm. who lives here in uh, Jackson Hole. Yep. And we met with Lee Jennings, yes, who uh, he used to live here, but he flew in to uh, meet with family here. And we had an, a great afternoon with him and went on mm-hmm. a, uh, what were, I mean, we did a lot of silly things yesterday with Zoe, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> we did. Played in the park, yep. had a nice pizza with Lee. And uh, and then later on, met up with Yancey. So it's great to see you guys whenever you're basically in the vicinity. And both of those gentlemen are EXP friends and colleagues, part yep, of our EXP family. Yeah, they're partners with us. Yeah. Um, and we also had a great time going to the national parks. We went to Grand yes. Teton. Mm-hmm. We saw all kinds of animals. Uh, and Zoe saw all these things for the first time. Yeah, so we saw, we saw a couple of things that we've never seen before. Bison. Yeah, well, we've seen bison pronghorn. before, but... About those pronghorn pronghorns. deer-like things. Yeah, that was an interesting story that the uh, <laughs> yeah. the guide told us. So pronghorns were, and I mean, this story is yeah. full of things I didn't know. Yep. So pronghorns are these, um, I don't know what you want to call them. They're not gazelles, but they're like, they look like a deer meets a gazelle, basically. Yeah. A deer and a gazelle had a baby. Mm-hmm. And these things can run, how fast did he say they could run? I think he said like 40 miles an hour or yeah. something. And, something and, crazy. And they look it too. They're very sleek. They're slender. They, I mean, they look like they ought to be fast. And they have no natural predators because, and this is the part I didn't know, there used to be a, and now it's extinct, a, what did he a say? North American cheetah. Yeah, North American cheetah. Did you guys know that? There was a North American cheetah. And he said that the fur was very similar to the cheetahs that you can think of in Africa and, you know, and all that. And yeah, so these, these um, you know, gazelle type things, these pronghorns were, um, you know, basically eaten by the cheetahs. That was their main... That's um, why they're fast. Yeah, that's why they're fast. And now there's nothing <laughs> that can uh, hunt the longhorn or the, the pronghorns because they're so fast. I thought yeah, that was kind like, of interesting. Yeah, they can outrun uh, coyotes and wolves and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and they seemed pretty confident about it. I was going to say that. They seemed kind of <laughs> you know? cocky. But I'll tell you guys yeah. a funny real estate story. So we're driving through Yellowstone, and there's occasionally a residential home. And these residential homes were 
they're uh, I mean they're they're obviously old with a lot of modern additions. A lot of them looked unbelievably cool. And the story goes that Rockefeller, John D. Rockefeller Jr., was um, buying up this land through different holding companies and trusts to donate uh, to the United States for a national park. And some of these people didn't sell, and so they held out. And so you'll cut, you know, again, you'll be driving down these, you know, uh, National Park Yellowstone roads, and all of a sudden you'll trip over uh, a residential home. A residential home and the residential home is owned by a family and the rule is that if they ever wanted to sell the property they have to sell they have to give the government the first right of refusal and of course the government will always say yes and so these properties never actually go for sale they just transfer from one heir to the next and this has been happening since the mm-hmm. 30s which was yeah, pretty incredible very interesting. I know that. but here's the funny story i wanted to tell you guys so we're driving down this road and this our tour guide named adam is doing a great job he's just a plethora of information. <laughs> Highly recommend getting, if you guys are doing tours of the national parks, definitely get yourself a tour guide because he took us places we never would have found on our own. Yeah, a lot of gravel roads. And he was friends with all the other tour, tour guides who were reporting where all the animals were. Yeah, they were texting back and forth. So if somebody saw a bear, or if some, which we didn't see a bear, but if someone saw anything, they would text each other so they'd know where the animals were, of which there's just bazillions. And, you know, the national parks are extraordinary. One of the greatest jewels of the United States for sure. Um, so we're driving down this road and we come across this ranch, not a very fancy looking ranch. And all around this ranch, um, there was this, uh, this very nice fence. It was sort of a, I think like a farm fence kind of thing. a farm fence and split but, rail type of thing. split rail. That's mm-hmm. what it was. But here's the thing that really was entertaining to us. There were at least 500 bison and they're all around this dude's house. Remember this guy lives in this house and all around the house were these big bison all over Just his field were these herd. big bison. Yeah. And, then, and then Julie and I were like, and bison are known to be ornery, right? Um, and so this guy was every day. He, he, so the, the, the guy, Adam was telling us that this guy b- rebuilds this fence on a regular basis. <laughs> and bison are like rolling locomotives, so they don't care. Yeah. They just walk right through the fence. And then they'll go up and they cozy up next to his house and look in his window. And he can't leave his house sometimes because the bison won't move. So he can't get his car out. <laughs> yeah. So it's just it's just this really strange, bizarre parallel universe can only happen in that particular house in that partic- where you're uh, you know housed in uh, from bison. I know because you know? I asked Adam about that. I'm like, how does that guy get anything done? He goes, well, I guess he has to really plan out those grocery trips. <laughs> <laughs> and these are, I mean, if you've never seen a bison, they they really are like animal tanks. They're just yeah. huge. Beautiful. I don't think I'd want. They are beautiful. They're very majestic. But even when we were um, driving around and they, we were kind of close to them, they are ornery. You know, they they seemed a little skittish. One saw run. us. It, one saw. Yep. There was like a three or four of them that were on the ridge. Actually, I put mm-hmm. those pictures on Instagram, mm-hmm. and uh, they just sort of like stuck their tongues out, you know, hissed at us or whatever <laughs> bison's do, yeah. and just started running towards this. We were in a big suburban, started running towards the suburban, and sort of veered off. But as yeah. they got closer, you just felt like you were, you know, it's like some sort of. Um, bizarre uh it was beautiful it was majestic we, you didn't feel threatened because you're in the suburban and the suburban is about the same size as the uh, bison but they certainly didn't feel threatened by us no at all and that's the thing that he kept yeah. on saying is the animals do not fear um you know humans at all because for generations they've not been hunted by um humans inside the parks i'll tell you the stories that i really like though mm-hmm talking about the wolves yeah that was very interesting right and the size of the wolves Mm -hmm. and how and how they he was talking about the different packs the wolf packs yeah and how they are there's a very distinct wolf packs and how there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of a controversy here between the ranchers and the wolves but some of these wolves when you you guys see these big uh we've seen paint we didn't see any wolves but we saw paintings of them and Mm -hmm. pictures of them 
uh, you talk about an animal that just I don't if I were to it's one of those things that if you were to see a wolf in real life yeah I mean your natural like instinct like a real would, wild wolf yeah. or a pack of them yeah. your natural instinct would be to be scared as hell yeah but at the same time you had to sort of admire them while you were looking for sure they're so, they're so beautiful they are oh and he did give us some funny advice too about bears and this is <laughs> I'm sure those of you who live with bears and already know all this well we were on a bear hunt so yeah we were we looking for bears we, we put a hundred dollar bounty on whoever saw a bear in our suburban first uh, you know, whoever spotted the bear first, <laughs> mm-hmm. we didn't see any bears. But so um, he was telling us uh, that here in Yellowstone, there's people that Teton. are attacked yeah, in Teton, that there are people that are attacked by bears. And actually, uh, Lee Jensen told us that he had a friend when he lived here yeah. that was actually eaten by a bear. Yes. So it bears happen. They're the real deal. Right. And there's two types of bears, right? There's brown, well, basically grizzly bears and there's black bears, mm-hmm. brown bears or grizzly bears, except that sometimes a black bear can also be brown. When a rhombus is in a rectangle. Exactly. You know, one right. of those types of things. I guess All I would see is bear. Well, that's totally right. <laughs> it's like people that explain different types of sharks. Like, I, I'm not going to stop and take a picture and Google it. I'm just out of there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but remember how we went into detail and he said, well, here's, here's all you have to know. They're bears. But so your natural instinct, again, doesn't work for you in this environment. So if you see a bear, he said you're supposed to basically stand your ground and yell at the bear. I mean, seriously, bad bear, bear. (laughs) go home, no bear, go the opposite direction. I mean, seriously, And I'm like, you know, it doesn't work on our Frenchie who's like 40 pounds. So or our child, child. I mean, what makes you think of, you know, 800 pound bear is going to go, oh, damn, you're right. I'm sorry. Did I offend you? I didn't scare you, did I? Did I scare you? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to go the okay. other way. No, he's going to, that's not good. No. Okay. No. And evidence of this is that everywhere you go, whether it's a gas station or it's a hardware or wherever is bear away spray. Yeah. Bear spray. Bear spray. Wait, everywhere. Wait. Now here's the thing about bear spray. Um, I have a little bit of, I was a boy scout, so I have a little bit of background with this, but nothing like what they have to experience out here on a regular basis. I mean, these people put on bear spray away in the morning, like they do deodorant basically. And so, <laughs> or you'd better. yeah, well, so Adam was saying that the pepper spray, which is the bear spray is like commercial grade industrial strength. Yeah. And, you know, well, so if you're in the woods and whatnot and you see a bear, you, first of all, you're completely be in flight mode, right? Yeah. You're sure as hell not going to be in fight mode. And you're going to grab your, your bear away spray. You're not mm-hmm. going to stop to try to calculate which way the wind's blowing. Where the blowing. wind's blowing, which and is so, a problem. Right. So you could actually shoot that you know stuff in the air and completely screw yourself, making it so, frankly, you make the yeah. bear's uh, you know human treat a lot easier to manage. Exactly. Yeah. It admits like bear spray becomes frosting on the human. Right. Well, it's a, it's yeah. a, so you added a little bit of spice to the human. Yeah. So he said, absolutely, spray. even though it's every everybody sells it, that it's like you know your absolute last resort. So, you know, I'm I'm thinking, we'll just stay in the truck. I'm good. Uh, that's, that was our move. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was, you know, I have to say to Adam's credit, he, he did a great job. And, you know, the when everything is so packed, it's kind of like, you know, when you go to Disney, you get a guide because you don't want to stand in line for three hours for every last thing you want to do. So he had a lot of great, um, you know, park history, lots of animal facts, things that we definitely wouldn't have known on our own. So I think that was uh, money well spent on getting a private tour guide. Yeah, definitely. Well, I so. mean, frankly, we went to other parks. I think we mentioned this yesterday. We went to other parks. We pull in these national parks and they'd be like, do you have a reservation? And we're like, what? Yes, yeah. you have to have a reservation to get into the park. Going back to the point we were making about the fact that, you know, there's definitely everyone and their brothers definitely traveling. Um, and inflation, by the way, it's a real thing. Real. I, I, you know, who knows whether it's going to be transitory. So like, transitory is a funny word. 
just shifting ever so slightly talk mm-hmm. about something okay. economic um, but transitory there is no like how long is transitory exactly so when you hear somebody a politician for example say inflation is transitory it's to ask them okay so can you please define what the hell transitory is it's such a nebulous word it's a bs word it's like i don't really know but i'm going to use this word to get you off the topic well exactly because the fact is is what happens is if there's there's no real way to fight inflation other than for the Fed uh, to start doing the opposite of what they've been doing. Mm -hmm. So if inflation kicks in in a meaningful way, which in our opinion, we're seeing evidence of that now on this sojourn for Mm -hmm. sure. Yes. Um, And you're experiencing it. I know a lot of agents are like, um, you know, obviously they're so focused on seeing the inflation or the rise of prices of of real estate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nothing wrong with being myopic and focusing on that. That's where you make your living. But the reality of it is, is unlike anything we've ever experienced, um, I mean, Julie and I sort of experienced it when we were kids, in the late, late 70s. Not in a personal way. I mean, we were no. just kids. But yeah, yeah, we were just kids. We are Zoe's age. But when you're looking at, for example, in our lifetime, there's never been inflation like we're, we're, we are experiencing. And frankly, what it appears that we're going to start in, uh, experiencing on, on a higher level. And you're going to see the increases of prices of everything. We don't need to talk about inflation on this podcast, but it's kind of funny to go from the academic conversation that we were having about it six mm-hmm. months ago, a sure. year ago on this podcast talking about the effects of real estate you know and the continued effect of real estate but now to see it in actual real life is pretty it's amazing real. and and here's the thing that makes me a little bit like when i was in the we were in the car with adam right mm-hmm. here's our tour guide 28 years old very mm-hmm. nice guy mm-hmm. smart um and i was just thinking to myself how's this guy ever going to be able to buy a house i mean i i, I, I know I, and julie and i are way 100 percent. you know we're not um how do I say this? We're very, it, it, with regards to our uh, economic perspectives, I would say we're very conservative, you know, capitalist type thinking. But it does sort of, you know, it's sad because what you're going to have to do if you want to buy, like he works in Jackson Hole as a tour guide, but he's going to have to live probably an, an hour away just to find a place that he can afford to buy or he's going to stay a renter forever. And that's well, and he some, was talking about it's even hard to be a renter in this market. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. Well, he, he said he was renting a room and a house. Yeah. For how much did he say? Fifteen hundred bucks per room. A room, right? Yeah. And and and, and, so, and that even that is competitive to even find something like that. Right. Well, and this is you know Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Yeah. And this is basically just a vacation mecca. This yeah. is where people go and have fun. Yes, but it's also where he's going to make a living. Work, right. You know, and so what are the options for someone like that? And he said that you know he and his friends kind of joke about this is that, you know they they look at their parents ability to buy a house and that they didn't have a lot of student loan debt like some of his friends do but counterbalance that though Mm -hmm. we're from columbus ohio right realistically not a lot of people want to live in columbus ohio unless they have a job there or family there Mm -hmm. it's not like jackson hole wyoming well right i mean he has some other things to battle because lots of people want to live here but he did have some interesting perspective and he said it's always been like that because jackson hole's always been popular but thanks to covid now they're competing with people that he he mentioned from uh, seattle and california New York and New York workers who are remote workers and that those people have very consistent income and are more competitive even on trying to find something to rent and he said that that crowd is new to Jackson Hole they didn't previously have to compete with that other person wanting to rent the same thing because I the same thing oddly enough Jackson Hole has unbelievably good internet connection like lightning fast yeah i mean all over it's it, incredible it's incredible 5g everywhere even even we were doing fine even in the mountains yep so that's the thing that's really again talking about this on the podcast these big this we're experiencing so many generational shifts 
that uh, some of them are predictable. If you study demographics, you could sort of predict, well, you know, uh, millennials are going to start getting married and they're going to be Adam's age and they're mm-hmm. going to start making babies and they're going to want to buy houses and those kind of things you can kind of predict back from the beginning of time, right? You right. know, I'm sure caveman, cave Julie, Tim and Julie cavemen, you know, mm-hmm. they would, we would need a bigger cave, right? Right. I mean, that's always going to happen. But now what you're seeing is you're seeing this also, this this technologically induced um uh, you know, migration trend. And as a result, sure. people say COVID, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's COVID. I think, I it's think honest, that's an element, not the element. Right. It's yeah. basically people, the, the uh, advance of technology and people being able to work remotely. Mm-hmm. And also there's a, there's a real disdain for, um, I think work living in cities anymore. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think people are feeling really, I don't want to make generalizations right. or sound political, but yeah. certainly from what we've been seeing on this trip so far, mm-hmm. the recurring theme we see is when you get into the cities, they definitely, in some of these, you know, areas we've been mm-hmm. in, it feels, it does feel uncomfortable. It just yeah. does. When we were driving through certain parts of Atlanta, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we were driving through certain parts of Atlanta, not on this trip, but on a previous one. And mm-hmm. we were, Julian wanted to go get some socks for Zoe or something. We were walking around this very nice shopping mall. What town, what area was that? It wasn't Buckhead, but it was near it, right? No, I can't remember now. It was where Call It McDonald's sells real estate. Yeah, it's like beautiful between Brookhaven area. and, and Bro- Buckhead. Yeah, Brookhaven. It was Brookhaven. Yeah. But we were walking past. And now this was before basically COVID was you know completely resolved. resolved. Well, I know it's not yet, but you guys get the gist of it. Um, but the stores had all been looted. And that's something that I had never experienced that before. Have you? No, you haven't. And so this, these are the types of things that once you experience, um, you feel unsafe, when you feel unsafe, you will do anything and pay anything to make that feeling go away. And that's, I think, the other thing that's leading these big migration trends sure, to places like here. Sure, people are seeking here. comfort. Right. And so anyway, for yeah. you and I to go talk about this on, theoretically from our podcast, you're sitting in our house yeah. in Puerto Rico. Well, that's different. We're experiencing. That's one of the reasons we're on the road here. And, exactly. And meeting people like Adam and, you know, meeting with Yancey and Lee and all of you guys. So, yeah, it's different to be sort of boots on the ground type of thing. Um, but, yeah. So that's that's kind of where we're at. And, and I think next we're going to Gardner, Montana. So we're driving through Yellowstone up to Gardner, Montana, which is kind of southwestern Montana type of area. So if any of you guys are nearby there, that would be awesome to meet up with you. And, yep, I'm good to wrap if you are. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have to go on Libertas. We have to do an, this other thing. Yeah, yeah, you do. Well, so mm-hmm. then after that, we're going to go – we're going to Montana, and we're going to go to Gardner, Montana. We're going to spend some time mm-hmm. in Yellowstone. We're going to stargaze, yes. right? And then we're going to drive, uh, obviously, west. to the West Coast. <laughs> yeah. And we're hoping to uh, go up to uh, north of Seattle. Mm-hmm. And we have so many friends on the West Coast. And then we're going to be driving down. And like I said, we're going to be reporting where we are and what we're doing uh, at timandjulieharris.com. But there's an actual map that we're going to somewhat follow. Somewhat. That's going to be Subject a, to some minor changes. Right. And so some of you guys are frustrated because we don't stay a lot of time in your town. Well, I, I mean, there's... I, we're not going to stay a lot of time in your town, some of your towns. Well, we're just going to drive through. <laughs> and we were going to go to Red Lodge next. However, yep. the only thing available was a TP for about 300 bucks a night. That's true. With no, nothing except the uh, tarp over your head. Yeah, Red Lodge, Montana. And we where... love Red Lodge, but there was just nothing available. So. <laughs> t- it was a literal TP. Go to VRBO.com. I've seen TPs. I've seen tents. People are doing RVs and stuff like that. So... You know, not that we couldn't handle it, but I didn't really want to unpack a suitcase in a TP. So no, or you know, maybe that in a makes TP, me fussy. But because if you want to talk about where big bears live, they definitely live there. All right, so listen, we did promise to talk a little bit more about this article, and just to remind you, this article was written by, and we are uh, publishing this on our uh, website, timandjulieharris.com, Was written by Sean Idings. 
Idings or idings, one or the other. Yep, and he's calling it my highest conviction, conviction stock idea. And this is all about EXP Realty. And the reason that we like this article, frankly, can you find out where I was there? Is because the um, article is not written by, and there frankly are a couple uh, assumptions and things that he said that are incorrect. Julie and I aren't grinding the incorrect points in his article. We're just skipping over them. This or but, this. Um, let me look. Uh, you can start. This one's fine. Okay. Yeah. And and so the but the, the it's interesting to hear a perspective on a company because Julie and I have been associated with EXP uh since uh December of 2019 and uh, we have a you know great revenue share group at EXP and if you're interested in joining EXP we'd love to talk with you. Uh you can just text me directly at 512-758-0206. That is my real cell phone number. Do not call text 512-758-0206. If you're ready to join EXP, just text me directly at 512-758-0206. If you want to learn more about EXP, just text EXP to th- uh 37, do you remember? Oh no. <laughs> we brain fart. On the road too long. We have tra- Have them text your cell phone. N- no, or, it, it just go to whylibertas.com. Whylibertas.com. Uh, w, I, spell it for me, would you? W H Y, and then Libertas is L I B E R T A S. Whylibertas.com. Right. And watch the videos that are the, on the top of that website, and then you can get a sense of basically why um, what we're offering at, at when you join with Julie and I with our group called Libertas, which is Latin for freedom. All right, Julie, so why don't you pick up and read his next couple points? Yes, and remember, this is coming from somebody outside of all, all of our industries. He's not a broker, not an agent. He is an investor and an entrepreneur, somebody who manages money. So I think this is an interesting perspective. One of his points is, he write, this is his title, One Last uh, Tells of a Great Business Abhorred by Competitors. Traditional brick-and-mortar real estate brokerages hate EXP. Why is that? Some of you guys have been sucked into that thought, but why is that? Established agents who were brokers' cash cows are leaving in droves to EXP. Brokers are seeing their businesses decline. Now, if you are one of those brokers, you can do something about that. Keep that in mind. Well, let me just do a quick little yes. edit there. So um, you, if you have an existing brokerage, big, small, you know, medium, short or tall, doesn't yeah. matter, uh, or a team, you can actually move to EXP. And EXP is not a franchise. They're just your broker. So if it was Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate, it would just stay the same. My, you know, Our logo would stay the same. Our branding would stay the same. Our you know, colors would stay the same. Nothing has to change. It's not like you're joining a franchise or buying a franchise. So as an EXP agent, as an EXP, uh, if you're a broker now or a team, you could keep all of your own logo, branding, and everything, and all has to, it only has to say on it, brokered by EXP. There is no forced expense or forced rebranding right. or any ridiculousness like that. And the reason it's important to point that out is because a lot of you, some of you have generational real estate brokerages. Others of you have spent so much time, money, and effort building your real estate brokerage or your team, and you don't want to lose all that money and effort and that time, right? Well, you don't have to when you join EXP, unlike if you were to, for example, buy a franchise where they force you to change everything where you'd be forced to basically become part of you know a franchisee that's right big difference that a lot of you guys don't realize now keller williams the model that exp has improved upon dismissed exp as competition when they had 1500 agents five years ago now exp has more than fifty-seven thousand agents 59 as of i think this it's week. 59 we're, we're about yeah. to hit 60 any minute now i think mm-hmm. uh, keller is only now trying to replicate exp's virtual office for new broker owners another dif- 
point of difference. As we mentioned before, EXP was born in the cloud. It didn't have to convert to the cloud. Well, Julie's going to talk about competition here in a second. But the reason, and I get this question uh, a lot, is why is it that, um, you know, why, what would prevent one of these big franchise models to start competing with EXP and copying their model? It's they can't. They're, they're, the business model won't work the same. We explained this on the podcast we did, I think, two days ago. But at the end of the day, they can't compete with EXP because of the fact that they cannot, they have franchise uh, agreements. They already have all the, the business structure in place. And for them to emulate the biggest USPs, the biggest unique selling propositions of VXP, they'd have to literally start new companies. That's right. And I think we need to do this part because this is kind of a big chunk tomorrow. Well, let's go it's for another five minutes. This okay, is interesting. So feel I like free this. to let, interrupt let, me. Let me scan this. wonky with you here. Oh, no, this is good. Go okay. ahead. All right. So this is really important. This is where we get into the, the high nerd stuff. Yes. Okay. So again, use your investor brain on this. How to value EXPI. That's the stock. He writes, few bottlenecks are present to inhibit EXPI's growth. So I don't see why they can't maintain growth at mind-bending rates for the next five years. This also speaks to people who think that it's too late. It's not too late. Oh, no. Okay, so he says, I've broken down the situation into three possibilities with five years out. All are precisely wrong. At least this exercise gives us an idea of the possibilities. He said, let's start looking at EXPI agent revenue per year. EXPI revenue per agent has been growing steadily over the years. And I'm not going to read all these figures from 2016 to 2020. But what I will say is that they have uh, steadily increased. It's never taken a step back. In 2016, average revenue per agent was 22305 In 2020, jumping forward, the average revenue is now $43,528. Now, that's, that's way more. That effect is far more than just inflation, right, of yes. home values. That has to do with the fact that the nature of the agents that are joining now are obviously agents that are in production. Absolutely. So here's the worst case uh, scenario. He says, let's say EXPI's growth slows for whatever reason. Instead of an extra hot rate of growth, it slows to 28% per year. EXPI would reach 200,000 agents five years out if it is, quote, only slowing to 28%. Now, let me put yeah. historical uh, perspective, perspective on that. From what I understand, the largest real estate brokerage in history has been Keller Williams, and they had 160,000 agents. So based on this guy's projections, and again, he's not a real estate person. He's not with the XP. This is not a paid article. This is just a stock analyst guy who is obviously an investor. I believe he's a private equity guy. Um, anyway, he's projecting that on the low end, EXP will have 200,000 agents within five years. That's right. And he says, uh, again, he's being kind of conservative here. He says, maybe the market isn't as hot in five years. That's a reasonable assumption. Assume EXPI revenue per agent declines 20% to $34,822. Total revenue from 200,000 agents is still $7 billion. Uh, an EBT margin stays the same. This is getting a little wonky. Okay, so net present value just cut down to $20 per share. EXP, but he says, but EXP more likely does better than that. So here's a different projection. He says, maybe EXPI has 300,000 agents worldwide at year five. That would be a 54% CAGR. I have to look up what that is. Still slower than their previous growth rate. To put that number into perspective, that would be 15% of agents in the U.S., they currently are at 3% and expanding internationally. I think this scenario is more likely than the first. He goes on to say, imagine also that EXPI's revenue per agent grows at a slower rate. It's been increasing at 14% per year to 60,000. In this scenario, they would generate 18 billion in revenue in year five. I think 60,000 per agent is possible because the average real estate agent generates 49,000, including the split that goes to the broker. 
say 30% extra on average, would indicate agents on average in the U.S. generate about 64000 in revenue. EXPI tends to attract the producing agents in the U.S. I think that's really key that he recognizes this. That was something that the competitors for EXP were trying to basically, uh, you know, That's like their attack. go-to objection was, Well, it was their go-to like yeah. almost three years ago where they would say, well, it's only attracting new agents. Absolutely not true. It's attracting business-minded agents that's for right. sure. He Completely says EXPI different. tends to attract the producing agents in the U.S. and internationally, so I think they could get better in the than that in the U.S. average. Okay, so he goes on to say, what happens if EXPI knocks it out of the park? Assuming the same numbers as our previous example, but with revenue per agent at 70,000 and 400,000 agents, we get 193, uh, 500,000, I'm sorry, a 500% upside. He says, I think 70,000 is not ridiculous as EXPI gets into the mortgage and title insurance. Um, so that's a little bit more math there, but, um, and then he goes into talking about the advantage of having Verbella, meaningful contributor five years out, the possibility of Verbella is spun out of EXPI, but we can, we can get into a little bit more projections. He does talk about some risks. He talks about about what happens if there's a recession, but we'll do that tomorrow. So the moral of the story is, is if you, and I'll tell you, and I think I've done my math right on this. He didn't talk about this, but I believe EXP is growing as a company a little over 7% in net agent count per month. In other words, after agents leave, because of course agents are going to leave any brokerage. I think the average brokerage in the country leaves, loses 50% of their agents per year. Again, don't hold me to these numbers, but I believe EXP's uh, churn rate or attrition rate is in the 30% range. Again, I'm not positive about that. I'd have to check and do the math but i do i am fairly certain that exp is growing by around seven percent net agent count per month which means it'll grow by 84 percent per year which means this guy's projections frankly are too conservative um and the other thing the average revenue per agent so he's you know if it's at forty thousand now how's it going to go to seventy thousand? well that has to do with a lot of the fact that they're going to be attracting uh basically more experienced agents that another little um uh, agents were for a while saying, well, I am a luxury agent. I need to be a luxury brand and I can't be working with EXP that nobody knows. But what's happening is people realize that you're the brand. You are the reason that you got that listing, not the brand you're associated with. And anyone who's been in real estate for more than two seconds knows that the reason that they are getting the business is not because of the real estate brand. There will never be. Now, this may have not have been true 30 years ago, but it's certainly true now. You will not get a listing because of the brokerage you're associated with at Full stop. You will get a listing um, because you're the agent that the seller chooses to work with and the brokerage you're associated with may have something to do with that, but in a very minor way. The game has moved on uh, since you know basically the 70s and, and now it's, it is it is agent-centric and sellers choose agents who are proven to be able to get the job done. And you know this is what Julie and I do in our coaching business, which by the way, Thanks to all of you who are joining our coaching, uh, you know, our premier coaching program. We've had literally hundreds of you have joined in the past couple months. And if you want to learn more about our coaching program, just go over to timandjulieharris.com, click on coaching, and the first program is called Premier, and you can join our premier coaching uh, program for around $100 a month. But at the end of the day, really what you need to be thinking about, and I'll stick with his five-year projection, over the next five years, uh, have the mindset that this is going to be the best five years of your life. Have the mindset that there are no dark clouds on the horizon. Have the mindset that you're going to be able to make enough money to take, not just have a great lifestyle in the interim, but to make enough gr- uh, money that you're going to be able to take care of yourself and your family and your maybe even your grandchildren and so on, create generational wealth 
And that's something you can do if you just accept the fact and move from your mind that there's any sort of you know zombie apocalypse that's headed your way. And there are a lot of people that want you to believe that. And those are the people that are killing your optimistic sense. And remember, if you don't believe that tomorrow is going to be better than today, what are the chances of you actually making much of an effort today? So one of the smartest things you can do is you need to think about how are the mul- what are the multiple ways that I can be creating money? What are the multiple ways that I can be creating opportunity? Like we were meeting with Yancey Perkins yesterday um, and he brought us in a very nice gift bag and he was you know, a very sweet man. And uh, so if Yancey, if you're, you're listening, we appreciated all that. But he said he basically, the cap at EXP, he was at, uh, I think it was Berkshire or he's at some, you know, one of these pseudo luxury brands. And he said... Um, he was, uh, the amount of money he was paying, I don't remember the numbers exactly, he was paying to his broker, but he said in his first month at EXP, he capped. So at his first month at EXP, he pays a $16,000 cap, and now he's 100%. The amount of money he's going to be able to save that he would have otherwise been paying to his broker is extraordinary, especially if he puts that money to work, and we teach you guys how to do that in the coaching program and investing and whatnot. But he's also so associated with EXP, and yesterday we were talking about how he can build his revenue share group. So here's a guy that's got his head screwed on straight. He's going to be focused on obviously selling real estate, focused on maximizing, you know, he's going to make the most money he can because he's not overpaying his broker. Um, and that's because he's an EXP. And then all the other opportunities he has associated with EXP, the stock awards, the revenue share. I mean, this is how, if you were to choose to think like this five years from now, really 24 months from now, your life could be on a completely different trajectory. So do take this seriously. If you're ready for uh, to join EXP and if you're looking for a sponsor that's going to definitely support you uh, in every way, Julie and I are formally applying for the job. <laughs> I want you to consider having Julie and I as your sponsor. You can text me directly at 512 758 Um, If you would like more information on eXp, uh, you can go over to whylibertas.com, whylibertas.com, and watch the two videos that, that are at the top of that page. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.